guys, it's Amanda and Barron, and we are back again. Our sponsor for this second half is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. So if you're looking to buy a home or sell a home, she's definitely your go-to girl. So give her a call at 503-409-4389. Again, that's 503-409-4389. And if you guys missed our show last week, she was our guest speaker and gave up uh, some really good updates on her story. So tune into that if you have not heard it. And then also please continue to keep her in your prayers. Yeah. And if you go back to you know, whatever podcast service you like, we're on all the podcast services, but the title for that one for her update is called It Worked. Okay. Because her cancer had had metastasized from the breast into her bones. Mm-hmm. And she had tried seven different ways to get it out of her bones. They actually stopped doing chemo because they wanted to give her bone marrow a little bit of a break. Yeah. And then they came along with this thing called Picray, which she was describing to us has just horrid side effects for most women. And most of the time it does not work, actually. Right. Her doctor was skeptical even giving it to her. But it worked. It did work. Her her her, uh. her breast cancers in her bones is going away. Mm-hmm. And Jill, it was so amazing, which, by the way, I should stop and tell our listeners we do have a guest on the oh, phone. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, Jill is still with us. Jill is still with us, right? <laughs> still here. Still here. <laughs> uh, so when they started, Jill, her counts were at about 3,000, which is incredibly high. And they put her on this pick ray. She went back in two weeks later. Her counts had dropped to 1,500. In half. Oh, that's wonderful. And then yeah. she went back in two weeks later, and they cut in half again to 750 mm-hmm. And she went in two uh. weeks later, they cut in half. She's now down to 200 where she was in the 3000s. So this pick rate is working for her. and Very well. We're just thrilled with that news. Mm-hmm. So, perseverance. I perseverance. Yes. Eighth, eighth attempt, but it's working. Well, just mm-hmm. because I kind of jumped ahead of myself for the listeners that are just tuning in, we do have a guest on the show. Um, Jill Ward is the CFO for Kicking Cancer. She's also on our board of directors and our treasurer, and she lives in this m- boomy metropolis <laughs> of Gaston, Oregon, right, Jill? Yep. <laughs> Which is, Don't blink as you drive through. You'll miss it. Yeah, yeah. Our very just You're going to love this, Amanda. The very first meeting we had together years ago, I said, why don't we find some place there in gas? And she says, well, let's go to the Screaming Chicken. <laughs> it's a little, little restaurant there in Gaston. <laughs> yeah, it's still here, too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's time for us to do another meeting at the Screaming Chicken. we got to review the numbers for this year, Jill. <laughs> Well, I did want to bring an article, Amanda, and I, I want I want Jill to weigh in on this because, and, and I'll let Jill tell you this here in a second, but just of what her husband has done over the years, she's going to have a little insight into this article. Okay. Um, this was actually emailed to me from somebody with Northwest Medicare Advisors, so that they are a broker with Northwest Medicare Advisors. And it says, this will be... Unsurprising to anyone who has had to navigate this cruel and dysfunctional healthcare industry. And make no mistake, it is that an industry dedicated to making money, not healing humans. Let me say it again. Yeah. <laughs> this industry, the healthcare industry, is an industry dedicated to making money, not healing humans. Mm hmm. 
most Americans, including myself, the person who said this to me, and quite possibly you as well, are vulnerable to the exploitation inherent in this cumbersome and profit-driven system. Even those who we believe are well-off can be one of a handful, can be one or a handful of paychecks away from economic ruin, especially with confronted with a six-figure medical debt. Mm-hmm. And according to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, this nation right now has $88 billion in medical debt. Whoa. $88 billion in medical So that doesn't consume consumer. That's not your TV in your house. And this is just medical debt, $88 billion. Um, it said in 2022, 40% of Americans skipped medical care because they couldn't afford it. Yeah. Jill, what are your thoughts on this? these comments here? Well, I was just trying to do some quick math on what that comes to per person, and I, I didn't quite get there, so we won't do that. But it, it brings to mind the fact that no one should be without health insurance. Uh, it, in a perfect world, everybody would, would be covered, either socialized medicine or some other way, but that's not coming soon to the United States. And even, even somebody who's in their 20s can get cancer, can be in an accident, and the accident doesn't have to be your fault, but that doesn't mean that the other guy can cover your cost if it's his fault. And even with health insurance, financial ruin can come from the inability to work, uh, the co-pays or non-covered costs, and uh, it's, it's a cruel reality that that article describes. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm trying to do the math while you're talking, Jill, because I there are three hundred and thirty-one million nine hundred thousand Americans. That's the population of the United States. Okay. So if I take eighty-eight billion, billion divided by three hundred and thirty-one million, it's a lot of zeros in this little equation here. Each each person has each American has two thousand six hundred and fifty one thousand dollars of medical. Oh debt. my gosh, <laughs> that's insane! And, that's even an outrageous well, number. What the heck? So what you? I, I can tell you. Got but it's not evenly split. So no, that's and, per person. But there, there's. Exactly. For individuals. And I mean, in those cases, the only choice is bankruptcy. And medical costs are the, the by far and away, the leading reason that people declare bankruptcy in this country. Mm-hmm. Well, we did have an article sometime back, Jill, in the state of Washington alone. Yeah. 30%. 33. 33. 33. A third of the, of the bankruptcies in, in Washington were because of medical costs. Cancer in yep. particular, Cancer right. in particular. Not just, you mm-hmm. know, I broke my leg and I couldn't afford to fix it, but cancer-related medical debts caused a third of the state of Washington's bankruptcy. So just imagine the other people that don't have cancer and have outrageous medical bills. That I mean, that makes it more than a third. Yeah. Well, something you said a second ago, Jill, that, so I took the debt divided by the population. Mm-hmm. And like Jill said, that's evenly split. Right. But... It's not evenly. We're talking to an accountant here. It's not evenly split, right, Jill? Right. 
Right. Yeah. There's some. There's a of a, a few, probably more than a few. But you know, I don't have any of that. Probably neither of you to have that. And so there's three of us that it, it's it's concentrated in a few people mm-hmm. that uh, are very unlucky. Well, I don't have that, and Amanda doesn't, and you don't. So there's another seven thousand five hundred dollars of debt that went to somebody else. Right. And I'll bet if we took the rest of the staff here at KSLM, and if they didn't, there might be $20,000 of debt that we as a small group don't have that we just pushed onto somebody else. So like you said, Jill, it's not evenly split. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting statistic, the average, but it's not evenly split. Well, I wonder with insurance, like what medical, like how much is actually spent on Medicare, medical stuff every year with or without insurance? Because that's a really high alarming number with ins- or without insurance, like what people still owe. But could you imagine like my son when he was born and went to Philadelphia for his treatments, he was almost a $2 million baby, but insurance covered most of it. Yeah. So can you imagine just the insurance industry with just how much they make altogether with without that $88 billion? Right. Bizarre. So, right. Yeah. And, and you, you probably hadn't heard this story, Jill, but, um, you know, Amanda and I, I met about two years ago and this show got started. And uh, her son, who is 16, 17. 17 now, when he was how old? Born. Born. Mm-hmm. And he had a... Well, you tell, because I'm going to tell it wrong. You tell <laughs> You're okay. He had a uh, focal lesion in his pancreas that was producing too much insulin, so it was dropping down his blood sugar. It was actually a really rare uh, disorder called hyperinsulinism, and it wow. uh, knocked him down, and he had to go to Philadelphia. It was the only place in the United States that did his uh, experimental surgery and studies and whatnot. So his medical bills were really high. <laughs> well, and, and I know, yeah. Joe, when, when Ozzy's... And, Jill's on the board, so when Ozzy was about ready to pass, our entire board was really affected by yeah. you know this little kid. <clears throat> and when we were talking about the doctors telling the parents, just preparing the parents that you know he might not live, but that was relatable for you because oh yeah, they told you to say your goodbyes to your son twice, twice. Yeah, it was very oh, yeah. difficult. Yeah. Well, there's another thing in this article. Well, when you think about, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Jill. Go ahead. Well, you think about. Okay, Amanda was fortunate that she had the insurance. Yeah. Think about a, a new mom who doesn't have that in, or doesn't have good insurance and, you know, the choices she's going to have to make. And no mom is going to say, no, I'm not going to incur this debt. And so if, if she's given the choice, she's going to incur the $2 million debt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it's... It, it kind of reminds me of a, a pretty famous book and movie, Sophie's Choice. You know, you 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 would not choose not to get whatever you could have done to save your child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you you just said something, Jill, that ties in really well with the other part of this article. Usually, Amanda's a segue queen, but you just took that title away from me. <laughs> hey, <today>. now. <laughs> so <laughs> it says the Consumer Protection Bureau reports that we owe eighty-eight billion dollars, but. Cautions this figure is likely higher. Oh, right. So it's probably higher than eighty-eight billion dollars. My goodness. Because there's a lot of numbers that don't get reported. 
Absolutely, right? yeah. So it says the consequences of this debt are myriad and serious. Americans drain their savings, put off college and home buying, skip paying other bills, and frequently face financial ruin because they're dared, they dared get sick. They yep. dared get sick, mm-hmm. and then all this other stuff has to go on the wayside. And we... We had a guest, Jill, that called in from Italy, and I'll tell you what, Italy has a really good system figured out of socialized medicine. They really do. And if we as a nation could do even close to what Italy does, this wouldn't be an issue. Mm -hmm. But we can't get on the same page. Well, I completely agree, and I wish I believed that that was going to happen anytime soon, but there are too many powers in this country that don't want it to happen. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, if if the if it if it is an industry, which they're saying it is, and it's an industry that makes eighty-eight billion dollars on debt, why would they want us to jeopardize their industry? Yeah. Well, what's bizarre and, to me too is that if somebody's got that much medical bills, they're probably not able to work to pay off anything close to that, and so it's just, it's kind, of, it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So, it's heartbreaking all the yeah. way around. Well, one of uh, for anyone that goes to Kicking Cancer's <clears throat> website, which is kicking-cancer.org, we had to separate the two words to get our domain name. So it's kicking-cancer.org. Right there on the front page, you're going to see the vision of Kicking Cancer. And our vision is to see a 50% reduction in new cases mm-hmm. of cancer. Now, this is not a one-year, two-year, five-year, even 10-year project. And, you know... Jill and I are about the same age, and I just pray I'm alive when this vision happens. But the amount of money that the industry would lose if we can accomplish our goal. Oh, gosh, yeah. You know, because it's an industry for them. Mm-hmm. And it's it, unfortunately, it's no longer a human need. It's a profit-driven need. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, the one thing I do ask quite often, uh, Amanda, and I've, I've asked this to every member of our board and a lot of our guests is, and, and I go back to something Jill said, right? So I started this for Brenda. Brenda was my why. Brenda was right. the reason I started doing this. And then I find people like Jill, who I love dearly, and I totally understand what she said when she said it, right? She doesn't know Brenda, or she didn't know Brenda. Why would, why would I care? Right. Except, what's your why, Jill? Why does this matter to you? Well, like everybody, I've had cancer in my life. My mom was diagnosed with breast cancer at 63 in 1989, and that is, by the way, my current age. Don't think that that is lost on me. (laughs) My sister was diagnosed uh, last year at 64 with breast cancer, Mm. and I so so far have escaped breast cancer, but I did have a basal cell carcinoma in 2013. Now, if you're going to get any cancer, including any kind of skin cancer, that's the one to get because it won't kill you. But I did have to have it removed. Um, and my point is that no one is immune. Um, we've all been through it or we know so- no one loves someone who's been through it. What I, what I love about kicking cancer and what we do is it's people coming together. It's, it's just love-based. People coming together, be it Go Team or the events that we do or the Pathways, and just creating a positive environment for people who are fighting this terrible set of diseases and, and letting them know that people love them. And I know from watching my sister go through her journey how hugely important 
her support network has been in her fight. And, and by the way, it, it is not what killed my mother. She lived another 30 years, and my sister is going to be, is fine, and is, is going to be fine. And in both cases, I think a lot of, a lot of her strength came from the love of the people around her. Well, there's a lot of evidence, and I've mm-hmm. got a book that I bring in quite often that talks about, you know, food and, and exercise and all these things that are critical in living that anti-cancer lifestyle. But there is medical evidence about support mm-hmm. and how much Absolutely. our cells respond to support, and your sister is a good example. I truly believe that. If you have positive mm-hmm. vibes around you and support and love, then your body, you're going to put that back out. Well, I, I would encourage our listeners to go to this kicking-cancer.org. Click the button that says Stories. There's a search engine. And, and type in Holly, which is Jill's sister. Oh, okay. And you can read Jill's sister's story. Oh, that's awesome. So, so Jill submitted <laughs> her sister's story. It's on our website, right? And yeah. You can, and I think we're up to like 80 stories. Wow. So there's a lot. So you ha- mm-hmm. if you want a story about a friend of yours who has brain cancer, put in brain and all those stories will pop up in the search engine. <laughs> if you're looking for somebody specific, put their name in. It'll pop up, right? Okay. But if you want to read Jill, uh, Jill's sister's whole story, it is on our website. Um. Jill, there was one thing that happened, and I would love for you to, to share with the listeners when you were at the hospital and that incident that happened with you and Holly that you told me about some time back. Can you, can you share that? Oh, geez, yeah. So when, when you get an infusion of chemotherapy, you can take one person in with you. And my sister had people standing in line to be that person for each of her infusions. I got to go in on, I think it was number three or four. And we were sharing a room with another woman. Um, they, the nurses always had the curtain drawn between us. So we really hadn't even talked to her and her husband or partner was there with her. Well, at one point, shortly after they had, they had put her first infusion in, They kind of do them in sequence. For some reason, they forgot to pull that curtain shut, and they left it open. My sister and I, being pretty social beings, we started talking to her. And specifically, Holly was asking her about her cancer, her journey, and they were talking about hair loss. And then all of a sudden, this woman said, oh, I don't feel so good. And she was trying to reach for the the call button to call the nurse, but she couldn't find it. And I said, I'll call. And so I called the nurse and 15 or so seconds later, the nurse came and looked at me. And by this time, this woman had blacked out. And, and I said, it's, it's not, it's not us. It's her. And she, she got halfway into the room and screamed, get a cart. This woman was crashing. Um, she was coding and it was incredible to watch this team of nurses come together. Everybody had their role, and, um, and they, they brought her back. I failed to mention that right after they'd given her infusion, her partner had gone to get them lunch. And so this poor guy comes into the room with all this going on, with lunch in his hand, looking pretty lost. <laughs> uh, and so had, had we not been there and talking, and they left that curtain back, that woman could have just quietly died. But for some reason, 
all these things came together and um, Holly was able to learn. They were able to restart her infusion the next week. She was doing fine. Um, her name is Allie. And we were just, I, I still just get tingles when I think about yeah. how that came down and how we were just, we were just there where we needed to be. Mm-hmm. You were exactly where you needed to be at exactly. the right time. Yeah, you just, you, just, you just changed one piece of that scenario, Jill. The curtain's drawn, and you're not... Because if the curtain's drawn, you're probably not talking to Allie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just we changed. were not. We would not have known. Yeah. And like you said, she just would have quietly died. Because nobody would have pushed yeah. the button. Was that scary for you guys? Like, are we in the right place? Are we doing the right treatment? Should we back out? Well, so here's the funny thing. And, and I, this, is, this was a learning for me. This was her second infusion, and you expect a reaction to happen on the first infusion if it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But the nurse told me that sometimes the first infusion is not where it happens, but the second one is where your body, having seen that first one, reacts, and that's what was going on with Allie. And um, so... you have somebody going with you for a reason and yeah. you know, they mm-hmm. didn't quite understand it and you know, happily they survived it and they're okay. Thank but you guys were there. The, yeah. But the, the I, I was very impressed with their reaction and, and just the competence and, and all the things that were happening to revive her. Uh, they, they, there had to be 10 people in that room almost immediately. Wow. Uh, and and people kept coming. Uh, the, there were different roles where people kept coming in. Okay, do you need this? Do you need that? And um, you know, she very they qu- very quickly revived her, but they were in there for a good half hour. Okay. And of course, she she was then moved to another part of the hospital. But I think she was released that day. She was okay. Wow. Well, thank goodness you guys were there. Yeah. Well, the other thing I've done, Jill, for the listeners is kind of walk them through a timeline with kicking cancer from, you know, the beginning. Now, we're a year and a half into this show. And so in that timeline, interestingly enough, this is kind of crazy, Amanda. Today is December the 16th. Mm-hmm. On December the 17th, 2020, so three years ago. Okay. It's a little ironic that the timeline is ex- almost exactly three years ago. Right. Um, but some momentum was beginning to occur with kicking cancer. And I had started this when I was at Costco. I just, you know, a bunch of my coworkers got together. We did the Warrior Dash for Brenda. It was just kind of a camaraderie thing. But I still had a job that I had to go to at two in the afternoon because I was the closing person in the produce department at Costco. Mm-hmm. And I could see this momentum beginning to occur. But then someone say, well, can you meet me at three o'clock? Um, no, I can't. I have to go to my work, Right. And so I made a strategic decision. I left Costco. And on, on December the 17th, I started working at FedEx at 1 o'clock in the morning. Okay. So I took a job on purpose in the middle of the night. And I'll tell you what, that's not a job for a 57. <laughs> <laughs> but I was loading trucks in the middle of the night. I'd come home about 8 o'clock. I'd take about an hour nap. And then I could meet you at 10 or noon or 1. And we were we were in the midst of COVID when I did that, but it's how I kind of kept the momentum going because mm-hmm. I was afraid we're going to, whatever we started before COVID, 
was beginning to fizzle. Yeah. Because you can't support people when you can't get together yeah. because of COVID, right? Yeah. And and so I thought, well, I'm going to do this on purpose. So I left Costco. I took this job at FedEx three years ago on the 17th of December. Oh, wow. And I think if I hadn't done it, um, I'm not sure where the organization would be at right now. Right. Everything right? happens for a reason. Yeah. A well, I'll tell you what, at, at, at 3 o'clock in the morning, when I'm loading trucks at 57 years old, I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> but, <laughs> but in hindsight, it was the right decision. Yeah. So, well, I've been trying to give the listeners a, 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 some reason to come to our store. Mm-hmm. And I know we've only got about a minute left here. <clears throat> the month of November, we supported Jason Mowry. Yep. who passed from pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. This month, we're honoring a lady named Lisa Baker, who beat pancreatic cancer. Yes, I love those stories. That's amazing. She that beat pancreatic cancer. Her story will be on Huge. our website really soon. Next month, it'll be Faye DeMeyer, who is beating pancreatic cancer. Yes, she is. So anyone who comes to our store, you buy a purple shirt, I will give you a shirt free. Okay. Buy one, get one free. Just come buy a purple shirt in honor of Pancreatic Cancer Month. Okay, awesome. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much, Jill, for joining us. It was such a pleasure. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure for me as well. Absolutely. Our sponsor for the second half is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. She's currently going through her own battle, as you guys know, so please keep her in your prayers. And if you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, or just want to get that process started, get all your ducks in a row, definitely give her a call at 503-409-4389. Again, that's 503-409-4389. And we'll be back next week. As the movement continues.